Well, hello folks and welcome to We The Peeps. This is of course, what is it? What is this? It's the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper, artist. I'm Ty. I'm an entrepreneur. And a wee of Nats. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Even when they do weird things. Absolutely. That are irritating. We love the backup Nats. <laughs> and it, it always seems to be the backups, doesn't it? We love it's, the backup Nats. It's weird. Nats. Yeah. Is there an A team anymore? Who knows? It's We the Peeps. We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. Folks, welcome to a Rasta Pod. It's a Rasta Pod time. If you've been with us for a while, you already know and love Rasta Pod time. Um, we had a 60 man roster. It's the most <laughs> Rasta Pod time <laughs> of the <laughs> so we've switched out the 60-man roster for a 20-something man roster, 20-something per human being roster uh, that we're going to dive into. And this roster is, of course, for the Gold Cup, uh, which is fast approaching. In fact, underway. Copa. Uh, officially, officially underway for some, though not for the us. The playing games are, are The playing games are underway. Um, so... Uh, we want to get you guys ready for that, and we want to get ourselves ready for that. But first, a little bit of housekeeping must occur. So first off and foremost, um, please know how grateful we are that you are listening to this show, that you are with us on YouTube, um, at WTP Pod, that you are with us on Twitter, at WTP Pod. And of course, uh, the number one thing that you can do for the show is to just, just talk about it. Talk about us. Let people know that we exist. Tell a homie. Tell a homie. Tell a friend. Um, consider barbecue. Yeah, post. Uh, Ty, Ty's got some really useful videos for new new soccer fans on the YouTube. So if you post those to your Facebook or whatever, and give people a chance to get into this team, um, that helps us out a lot. And let's face it, that helps them out a lot. They need you to tell them about this, the craft nets. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. How you cannot have a complete and full life without deep knowledge yeah. of the the bad. Yes. U.S. Yeah. National. At some point, you have to go backpacking alone. You need exactly. to have kids, exactly. and you need to like soccer. Yes. Otherwise, you haven't fully lived life. Exactly. Um, so, 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 so I think Montaigne said that. <laughs> <laughs> Mondrian, was it? Uh, so here we are. Uh, last thing is, please hit us up with a review. Five stars is incredibly helpful. Cinco. On YouTube, on YouTube, actually, can you do that? No, no, on, you can't. On, but you on can your hit Spotify. Like, like maybe you can log on five times and hit like. Do that. those. Yeah. Do all the things. Give us as much as you can. Give us as yeah. much as you can. Hit us with the subscribe. And uh, lastly, the actual lastly, uh, become a subscriber on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WTP Pod. Five Jurgen Bucks makes you a ratified peep. And it helps us to stem the bleeding, the financial bleeding yeah. that this show is, the, the a black hole of our, our energies and endeavors. You, the Jurgen um, Buck is weak, buy the dip, and get in on the Patreon. Get in right now, because it's worth it. Uh, ender of housekeeping. So we got three games, we got a tournament, we got a Rasta. There's only one way to start this off, and that's to line them up. Line them on get up, out boys. There, boys. Get out there. Get out there. All right. Go, I'm, go I'm on, looking at Christian 60 you and Tyler Adams. Get out there, yeah, guys. Yeah, the next generation. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait. I don't see. We're looking at the roster. I don't see uh, 
McKenny or is that is that a typo Whew. there? What's, All right. what's going on here? It's not a typo, and no, hmm. this is not from 2016. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, this is the twenty. It's not the 2018 Gold Cup. This is the real current Gold Cup roster, and I'm gonna start out with the goalkeepers. We've got welcome back the polar bear Brad Guzman. I mean Guzan. Straight um, from uh, Antarctica. He's <laughs> playing for AFC down there. Straight. What's the, the his dark materials the <laughs> compass he's, situation? He's, There's some there. He's been he's been around. He's been, he's around. been around. Sean Johnson next up, and of course, uh, the greatest baseball player of all time, Matt Turner, yes. uh, from hailing from the New England Revolution. We we love it. We love it. Matt Turner. Let's do this thing. We Defenders. Know him? <laughs> we know of him. We we know of consider him. loving him. <laughs> Yep. We yep. are considering yeah, we're yep. thinking about it. Yep, yep. No, a lot of Matt Turner stands out there. And if you're you're listening to us, um, we want you to know that you're welcome here as well. Although we have not <laughs> been on the Matt Turner train. People love this guy yeah. and, and yeah. he's he's got a cool story. So okay, moving on. Defenders. Uh this is a fun one. It's George Bellow. It's your boy George, George Bellow, who just barely here, has dude. been around. Yeah. Let's go, George oh, Bellow. This is the this is the roster of forgotten this fishes. This is the oldest right seventeen year old in the world. It's the George roster Bello. of forgotten fishes. We got George Bellow, Reggie, the soccer player formerly known as Reggie Cannon, Shaq Moore. Yes. All right, let's go. Uh, Donovan Shaq. Pines. I got nothing. I have zero. Boy. Nothing on Donovan Pines. <laughs> uh, Miles Robinson, James Sands. I've actually heard some fun things about James Sands. Sam Vines. Walker Zimmerman, that's our defenders in the midfield. Let's go, Kellen Acosta, Gianluca Busio. Former Pookie Baby, current Pookie Baby. <sighs> the day has finally come for Luca Busio to Pookie enter the party. fold. Ugh, the tears. The, my, my, my heart is warmed, and I believe in humanity again. Let's fucking go. LFG, Gianluca Busio. Okay. Uh, next up, Sebastian Legette. Too legit to quit. I just can't quit you, Sebastian <laughs> By the way, Sebastian Legette is in the roster. He has 24 caps, 7 goals. So it just says Sebastian Legette, 24-7. <laughs> Very accurate. <laughs> Very accurate. This guy yes. goes hard. <laughs> yes. This must be frozen <laughs> it says, inside. It says LA Galaxy 24-7. 24-7, dog. Perfect description of Let's go. the Sebastian Legette lifestyle. Let's go. I'm doing it in the I, club I, fist pump right now he, for those of you on in, YouTube. Uh, he's in Manhattan Beach. He's making it happen. All day Sebastian long, baby. That's all that's in my blood. He's bringing, bringing that's all that's in my blood. 24-7 with it. Nation that's all that's in my blood. <laughs> all right, next up, we've got Christian, the, the one half of the Roldan he's sensation. Got former, former caps to score seven goals. He can match uh, Sebastian. Yeah, Christian yeah. could be 24-7 yeah, too, and right once was. Uh, Christian Roldan is back with us. We've got Eric Williamson. Um, looking forward to it. Welcome on in. Eric with a Y. Why not? And Jackson Yule. Yeesh. Of course. Of course. It's the uh, second stage evolution of Will Trap. The next Oh, Will man. Trap. Yeah, just the next Will Trap. So sad. Okay, forwards. Paulie Ariola Nips. I, you gotta love this guy. You gotta, gotta love, love Polly Nips. Gotta love him. You gotta love Polly Nips. Daryl DK, Daryl Leg. Um, why not? Come on in. Uh, Giochini, Nicholas Giochini, Giacchini, Giacchini, Giacchini. Is it, are we gonna go Giochini or Giacchini? <laughs> Giochini. Um, Stan, greatest ever, best Bundesliga striker of all time, Matthew Hoppy. The well, best man. Bundesliga striker of that one game that he was really good in. For four minutes. Yeah. Um, which. 
By the way, Amin Arit was better than him in. Everyone forgets that. Okay. Right, yeah. And then, Amin Arit had <laughs> like the game seven of his assists. life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Matthew Hoppy's with us. We've got Jonathan Lewis. And of course, if, of course, if Jackson Ewell's name on the team, if Jackson Ewell was not we enough. We can't for miss you, this, dude. If you thought things were getting better, you thought wrong, Giassi. You thought wrong. Wow, Ty, how far the mighty hath fallen. What were your first impressions on seeing this roster? In the post-Nations League show, we started talking about our hopes for the Gold Cup. And my, my one and only hope that I, I kept harping on was that the U.S. does not do what was rumored and does not bring a second string team to this Gold Cup. Because if you're not familiar with this team and the, the way that the tournaments work, the Gold Cup is our equivalent of the European Championships, our equivalent of the Copa America. It's our regional championship. And it should be the second most important trophy we can win. The Nations League is a thing that was made up very recently as a way to fill in gaps where there used to be friendlies being played. So for me, I really wish that the U.S. had gone harder to win the Gold Cup and brought the A group to the Gold Cup. I'm perfectly happy with the Nations League win, but I didn't know that it would come at the expense of us trying to win the Gold Cup. The stated logic of this is that the, the players are tired and they want to give them time to recuperate and get ready for a difficult club season, especially with the weird timing of everything from COVID. But for me, if you have the opportunity to prioritize your regional championship, you need to do that. And it's inconceivable that England would have the same logic or that Germany would have the same logic around trying to rest their players and get them ready for the season because playing for the national team is a priority. And I feel like when you do this, it sends the message that our national team program is a second priority. Yeah. And it's not something that, that clubs need to respect or pay, yeah. pay too much attention to. So there's a couple different things there. The first is this tournament entitled the Gold Cup is Copa. the same Oro. tournament as the Copa America and the exactly. Euros. So we, we right. breeze past the, that the pretty Asian quickly. Cup and or, I, yeah. I Right, the, the Africa Cup of Nations. Africa Cup of Nations. The, so, the so these level. are tournaments you've heard about and love. The Euros. The Euros. And this is our version of that. And we don't take it seriously. We have historically done every other we send an A, a team, right? And actually, that's been true about other teams in our region as well. Correct. Until now. Uh, Until because now. now, so so I understand Mexico and Canada are both bringing A squads. Correct. So we're we're electing. This is changing. This is, there is a change happening in the region where people are realizing that this tournament is important and is very difficult to win. It's getting increasingly difficult to win as Canada comes up and as do all the other sort of smaller nations uh, rise. The 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 lo the the low bar in our region is is rising quickly. As is the peak. Um, people are taking this seriously. We are not. What happened? How did this... What, how, was there a press conference that we missed? Well, I, I think it was the U.S.'s intention, the, the Federation's intention to do this for a long time, but I don't think they knew exactly what the other Federations would do. So it's one of those kind of like prisoner's dilemma situations mm -hmm. where I think if they knew that all the other teams would have ended up bringing in a squad, they might have tried to do that too. Uh, but it looks like um, Mexico and I... I presume Honduras is going to bring their best team to the um, Olympics. That would make much more sense to me. But I think Mexico is bringing the A team to Gold Cup and the B team to Olympics, which is probably was not expected by our federation. 
So we kind of zigged and when everyone else zagged, it was kind of like a, <laughs> like a weird, you know, dance issue situation. So, uh, so I, I think that's kind of what went wrong here. But the, the thing about it that really bothers me is that the next big thing that's coming up is World Cup qualifying, which is starting in September. So literally, you know, two months away. Yeah. So we have very little time to actually prepare for that. And we've given up our biggest opportunity to get the team together for a long period of time. And we replaced it with this Nations League camp, which was great, but it was only two weeks, whereas this is, you know, four or five weeks potentially. Yeah. So, so to me, this is a big missed opportunity to get the group ready. And what I suspect, because we've spent so long where there's always been a caveat around the team and the performance. It's been, you know, first, firstly, after Trinidad, that it's the Dave Sarakan era, and you can't take any of those performances seriously because we're just trying to restart the program and bring in these young kids, and then it's Greg Berhalter, now he's just getting used to things, and there's this different availability, and there's injuries, and yada, 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 and then there's COVID. So it feels like Greg Berhalter has never really been on the hook to win a game. And I think the Federation likes that. I think that the Federation doesn't want to put Berhalter into situations where he's going to be facing that pressure. So the, the, the apparatus behind U.S. soccer is perfectly willing to do this kind of thing because it deflects the potential for critique and pressure. So like, we didn't end up with our best squad for Olympic qualifying, and that means that when we fail... Well, we, we weren't able to get our best squad. And you know that that's going to happen in this Gold Cup. This team, you know, maybe this team crashes out in the semis. And well, you know, we didn't have our A squad. So what, so what could there we was, have done about that? Uh, right. And there was a turning point there where in the first Nations League games versus Canada, we played them twice in a row. And Greg, for that second game, it was a, he was un, certainly under some public scrutiny and pressure around that time. And I wonder if that was, and he squeaked by, he won the second game yep. versus Canada. Yep. And I wonder if that was a sort of a turning point for hypothetically what you're describing, where the, where the Federation realized like, we can't have this guy get turned on before qualifying. Exactly. Because there's no way for them to stay, you know, it's just not realistic for them to switch. Yeah. So, so it, okay, it, it, it leaves us in all these situations where there's always an excuse. And I just fear that it's going to be like the Klinsman era where we just kind of string it along, string it along, string it along. And then we find out in those key moments at the, at the beginning and middle of qualifying yeah. that this isn't going to work. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the U.S. will qualify successfully. But I, it just it gives me pause that like we seem to avoid pressure spots for some reason. Mm. Okay, so let's. So if that's true, that's that's horrifying, and uh, I hope you're wrong about that. I hope that I, I hope, hope there's I'm something else too. going on. I, and I'm I hope that was accept. Like it's complicated. Everything, it's complex. all these decisions right now are very complicated because of COVID. So, granted, I hope that what's happening is that there is merit behind the concept that players need one rest, which is true. And COVID was basically a year and a half. It resulted in a year and a half long season, and to go for another four or five weeks training playing in an intense situation then, and then trying to start a season D that does sound difficult i see that um so especially for someone like tyler adams who just we just need the guy to be healthy totally get it great uh keep him on ice is there something legitimate to be said for players establishing themselves at their club and i'm going to ask this in a i've been i want to give greg a real 
chance here and and really actually take a step back and not just reflexively answer fuck that like we need the team together let's take a second here let's think about teams that are are, are really great you know and how do they get great um is it by it did france become great based on what they did in their camps mm. or based on the way they developed their player pool and if it's based on the way they develop their player pool is the best way to develop a player pool giving all the players their best possible shape for their for their club career so like is there something to be said for prioritizing the club career unless it's the world cup i think there is but there mostly is when it comes to second rate federations so when you're a small potatoes program yes you want to genuflect to the clubs because you want the clubs to treat you well when you really need your players but england doesn't care about that germany doesn't care about that it's the priority is winning games for the national team so to me i think it this should be a turning point where we should stop being so sort of um deferential to the to clubs, the clubs. And, and look at ourselves as a big deal program. And I think we have to be the ones who start doing that. I don't sure. think the clubs are going to start respecting us unless we act that way. Well, and I wonder if there's, in the past, right, it's been really, in Greg's day, um, he probably would have needed to be there all summer totally. to get a start. To, get, to, to not lose his spot, yeah. And there used to be this very substantial, I, I'm sure there still is to an extent, substantial anti-American bias because of just sort of uh what's the term stereotyping like when you think what's a good soccer player if you're european you don't think of americans that makes a lot of sense but that's what's changing that's what's changing as a result of the success of the guys who have gone over and done well so so to me i think that is i see that going away i see it where our players are automatically getting a lot more credit and a lot more flexibility and there and guys like uh, Matthew Hoppy, for instance, who did, he wasn't like lighting it up for the second team. He wasn't breaking records or anything, but he still got a chance with the first team. He still got consistent minutes. He still got cultivated as a professional. So for me, there's there, that is no longer sort of acting against us. And so we don't quite need to lean into that as much as we used to. And I think the way that a Mexico would look at this is look, if, if, the player comes in here, they do incredibly well with Mexico, and they're starring in a Gold Cup win, of course the coach is going to play them because they just were successful with the Mexican national team, which is a big deal program. Yeah. And so that that's that's to their credit just as much as some good performances in friendlies for the club team. Right. So so to me, it's a small potatoes mindset of thinking, oh, well, the, the Europeans will never trust us unless they see it for themselves. And what we have to start doing is saying, like, no, actually, our performances are a big deal. Our highlights are seen around the world we're perceived as a top side in our region and if our players show it for us that is to their credit when it comes to their professional careers okay so i think that if i'm greg i'm my response is you're 100 percent right we're just not there yet yeah so we yeah. need we th not this cycle after yeah. next cycle yes this yeah. cycle no i think it's i think it's very much a transitional period so it makes sense there's going to be some people who have an older mentality and it would make a lot of sense that people of that era like your brian mcbrides your uh your greg berhalters who played for this program and have probably been the player in that tug of war situation yeah. that they will have this mentality because it's what they came up with so but i i think one lesson that we learned from the bruce arena era is that 
waiting too long to make a change can be just as bad as making a change too soon. In the, in the qualifying for the Oof. last World Cup, Jermaine Jones played minutes, Tyler Adams did not. Yeah. And there's no way that was the correct decision because a, a 20-year-old Tyler Adams would have contributed much more than a 35-year-old Jermaine Jones, just facts. But the fact that Jermaine Jones had done it before won out. And so that's, that, to me, there's, there's a lot of cautionary tales like this where you see teams that are great and then they go into a, a, a cycle where they're just not that good anymore. They've just mm-hmm. lost it. And the, the same thing can kind of happen with these cultural trends as well. It's like, now's the time to strike. I think our, the brand of U.S. soccer has never been hotter mm-hmm. with, with Pulisic doing well and with the guys doing well in Italy and, and Germany. Um, I think we're, we're right there and we need to start acting like it. So I, but I get the argument and I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's terrible, but I do fear that we're going to get into these camps in World Cup qualifying and the excuse is going to be, we haven't been able to have the group together. That's why we're not performing, you know? And it's all these like self-fulfilling reasons why we can't achieve our potential the way that Greg Berhalter used to say, well, I have to keep calling in Nick Lima. Yeah. Because he's yeah. been here for a year. Right. And by the way, Yunus Musa is still not cap tied. And Italy is flying through the Euros right now. Jesus uh, Christ. You're so, right. So that's a yeah. whole that's a whole situation wow. too. So so we have problems with this, suffice it to say. This is the worst moment for me in US soccer since De- since before Dest, you know, came to our side. It's it's hard to get it up for this. This is to tough, be honest, but I, this is tough. But you should totally I guess watch. The, the Olympic. <laughs> so you should totally watch. But the, so the Olympic failure was was sad, um, and this is sad. So the, so I'm sad about both of those. But let's look on the bright side, because why should people totally watch? Yeah. Um, why should people totally watch this this tournament? What we're what we're looking at here is on the 11th we play a team undetermined. Uh, there's currently sort of a playoff so happening, a qualifier, and then there's team. and then there's a like team, yeah. yeah, some sort of a weak team, and then there's two more on the fifteenth and seventeenth, I think, somewhere around there. There's two more group stage games, yeah, um, right after that versus who now? Do you remember? Uh, Martinique and then Canada. Okay, Martinique and Canada. So Canada's good. So we're playing two, you know, lower level and one very high level team. So the U.S. and Canada stage. will be heavily favored to get out of that group. Um, why should people tune into those group stage games? So there's two key things that I'm looking for out of this tournament. One is that the U.S. maintains a system and an identity of play that is recognizably connected to the Nations League team. So I don't want to see the style and methodology of the team change because of the personnel to optimize to this personnel. Because the goal of this camp and this tournament is to ready the backups for our A-team. So I don't want to tailor the game plan to getting the most out of this particular group. I want to see this group working within the system that we will need them to operate in if they are with the A-group. Yes. And I want to see players who can push some of those A-group players for their spots, particularly the younger guys. The second thing is we do have some blue-chip, high-level prospects for this world cup in this group yes we do uh, so daryl dk to me is the the highlight yeah. of that where daryl dk has a very legitimate shot to be the number one striker in fact the striker pool for this camp might be just as good as the striker pool for the nations league which was Sargent and sibichu who are both you know fine but not pulling up any any 
Anyways. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Hoppy and Giacchini on a sort of similar high upside. Yeah, and I, I think things. from what I have seen of all these guys, I think Daryl DK has the most talent. I think that's true. Of any yeah, of these players. So, yeah. so I feel like it's his it's his spot to claim. I th I think the team will probably default to Sargent or maybe go for Sibichu at the moment. But I think if Daryl DK lights it up during this Gold Cup, he will start in World Cup qualifying. Yeah. So the stakes are very high for him. And then we have some of these um, some of these high level blue chip prospects that have actually gone under the radar because they aren't in Europe and they haven't gone over. So Gianluca Busio, for instance, this has been a kid who he broke into the Sporting Kansas City team maybe five years ago. It's as so like a crazy 14 year old. Yeah, he's been around. So he's been around a he long was... time and he's been hot, but he's never been sort of quite at that level where he was able to crack the national team, particularly with the really incredible prospects who have been coming up overseas. But now is his time. He's, I think, 20 now. He's been starting game in, game out for Kansas City, yep. doing really well. I think he captains the team. There's tons of transfer rumors flying around for him. There's, yeah, there's Almost always every been transfer year. rumors. Exactly. He's one of those where I feel like if he had gone over two years ago, which he could have, he would be in the national team right now. But somehow being in MLS, has he's gone under the radar. Yeah. Um, makes sense you know which it's, makes sense. you don't have the stamp of approval of the european club but but in any case this is his it's a perfect opportunity for him and i i pray to god that we don't see legit rolled in and Ewell in the middle and then get like a smattering of busio minutes at the end of games like dear god just start the kid and just see how he does yeah I, the, the whole point is can we find an upgrade this this is all upside because we have a really strong identity and roster for our top group so can any of these guys just let's let's give them a shot to impress us and see if they have a chance to to uh to supplant any of those guys so that's my two things is i want to see the system maintained because the whole goal of this is to elevate players to the next team and i want to see the youngest and most promising players get the lion's share of the minutes because we've seen enough christian roldan and jackson yule yeah 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 I would add um, Matt Turner in the mix there. Sure. Uh, I, I would, you know, for the story and also, he's obvious Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen are, are one and two. Um, but should one of them, you know, go down for six months and we need a, we need a third goalkeeper, I'm happy to have that be Matt Turner. I sure. think that would be sure. great. Um, so, so I want to I shout that out as well. And, um, and a third shout out for George Bellow, who was... So George Bellow was like the hottest prospect in the universe at left back at a time when we had no left backs. There was no such thing as an American left back. And so people started talking about him at an extremely young age because he was playing up levels, up age groups in the national team, and he was playing left back. Um, and then he tore something. He had some crazy ass like knee situation that that it was like a multiple injury knee situation that took him out for like a year yeah he was like out a year months. yeah and then came back and he was a little shaky and he looked different it looked, looked different it, it was tough but he's had a few years to kind of recover from that he probably won't be the player he would have been or could have been um but he's he's a legitimately exciting player in his own right and and should be should be taken seriously and i'm i'm psyched to see sam vines too so yeah there, I, I like sam vines quite a bit yeah there are some there's there's things worth watching here, and it could go. It could be fun, or it could be just really horrible to watch. It, this. it all depends on um, Berhalter's mentality, because if yeah. he's if his mentality is I'm going to pick a weak 
roster and then I'm going to do everything I can to win a trophy with that team, that's ridiculous. Go, go for the trophy or go for the development, but don't go for the, don't go for development in the roster selection and then try to win the trophy by being pragmatic in the right. gameplay. So I want to just see the approach match this roster selection, mm -hmm. which is the goal is to see who can crack that A team. It's not to win the gold cup. Mm -hmm. And if I, if that's actually going to be maintained, fine with me. Fair play. But I'm 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 gonna be super pissed if it's Zardas, Ewell, etc. Yeah. Uh, one other player I want to shout out. Um, he's not really a young player anymore, but feels still like a young player and entered to the Nats is Miles Robinson. Yeah, he has, he absolutely. He has yes. been one yeah. of the top center backs in MLS for several years yeah. as a young American. But because of happenstance, COVID injuries, release issues, has barely played for the national team. He's played just a couple matches yeah. for the senior team. And he was going to be an instrumental part of the qualifying group for the Olympics, but was not released by Atlanta United, which really, really hurt that Olympic group. I think he would have changed it quite a bit mm. if he was involved. So um, he is, this is a top level guy. This is a guy who, who very much deal. deserves to be a part of a World Cup 23 uh, if he's able to just kind of prove it. You know, he just hasn't had the chance in the U.S. shirt the way that some of the other like middling center backs like Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman mm -hmm. have. You know, they've gotten all this time, but because of various reasons, Robinson hasn't. So I feel like uh, he's, he has maybe even more upside than those guys. His, he has been at a higher level faster than they have, you know, like Long and Zimmerman didn't really get into national team level until their later 20s, you know? So it's uh, it's promising. It's very promising that the the progress that Miles Robinson has made very quickly, and he's just gone under the radar because the general level of the player pool has been better, but he's uh, he can very much be an important part of the, the setup. Yeah, he's a guy who... Um both who in stature seems it seems to me would be an amazing fit uh for a pairing with um with what's his face chris richards chris richards and miles robinson would be totally. an incredible totally. fit yeah and i'm not just saying this because of the last name but i think anthony robinson and miles robinson could also be a really good fit um but maybe i am just saying <laughs> No, I think there's a there's a swag to Miles there's a certain, Robinson's game. There's a that certain I really swag. Like. There's a sauce yeah. to it. It's not. It's this. It's it's an intangible for sure, but it's that same intangible that you know Dest had in the under 19s. It's a. It's like a. It's a swag, man. And Tim Ream like doesn't have that. No. Right. And well, when you watch the when you like run the numbers, the, you know Tim Ream's no slouch. I'm not ragging on Tim Ream. I'm just saying there is something to I will. Okay. When you watch a, when you watch a player and they have sauce, that's more than just an aesthetic thing. Totally, that's a very totally. real yes. sign that there's something special here. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Miles Robinson has some sauce. Well, yeah, part of what the sauce indicates is just that the player is at, that they elevate in a pressure moment or that they they aren't daunted by high stakes. Yeah. And you feel like, I mean, I guess, you know, Tim Ream has played in playoff finals and that, that's definitely a high stakes situation. So I shouldn't, you know, pick him out as an example. But you have you have certain players who you just you can't envision them coming up big in a high pressure moment. And World Cup qualifying is all about high pressure moments. Yeah. The second you drop your first game in World Cup qualifying, unless it's like game eight, uh, pressure's on, you know, the, when you feel that momentum kind of backsliding. 
Um, and so the, the group is going to need to be able to react to that very quickly. It's also interesting with the, uh, the way that World Cup qualifying will work this time around is likely three games per window instead of two games per window. So a bad window can really fuck us up. Hmm. So a lot of it has to be about the mentality within the group being super solid and the group being totally ready and prepared to come in and do their best. And we got to stop throwing these away games away. So we'll 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 get more into this when it comes to the yeah. As we go through this, list. you'll 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 hear all about it. But right? all I mean is all I mean to emphasize is that mentality is real. So it's so real. when we when we talk about oh we like this player because of their swag, what we're saying is we like them because they have a tough mentality and they 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 feel inherently superior and like they should win, and that's yeah. what we're looking for. We yeah. we don't want players who are like well. We're going to do our best and see what happens. We want players who who consider it like laughable, the idea that they would lose a game. Yes. Know? And and so I'll add a little bit to, to the term sauce here. There's a technical aspect to, to sauce. Sauce is, you have sauce when your technique, your physical, your physical technique, so your ability to trap, move, and pass the ball, um, is, you, is when those techniques are strong enough that you can express yourself uh, creatively, right. you have sauce. Right. right. So you have to be above a certain level to to kind of be able to sublimate the technique and just be creative and sort of be yourself. Sure. So Paul yeah. Ariola is someone who will never be able to stop thinking about his technique. He's not good enough to do that. So he's always gonna, you know, and I love Paul he's Ariola. Not to have sauce. He's not gonna he, yeah. he's not good enough to have sauce. Um, and not all players need to have sauce. I'm just trying to be clear about what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, Luca Busio has sauce for days. Sauce for and days. I think and so and the reason that that matters is because um, one's the ability to bring out one's personality mm. is, is is a sign of uh, technical strength. So imagine being able to speak a language. Sure. Paul Ariola can speak Spanish, but uh, John Luca Busio's <laughs> writing poems in Spanish. So and that's how you know he's better at Spanish, right? There's a difference. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we? You want to just do an eleven? I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your, like what what would be your uh, dream eleven? I would do that, and then maybe we can maybe we can check in around the world. Sounds see, good. See what's going Sounds on with good. people who aren't in this roster. Yeah. So give me give me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Let's you want see this here. thing. So I'm Matt Turner in goal. Happy, yep. happy with that. I'm happy with that too. Let's go, Bello, Robinson. Uh, oh no, I guess I have to go. Hmm. Yeah, because in this in this roster we kind of have a hmm. we have two reasonable left back options. Yeah, I I would I I would go Sam Vines. Um, as much as I love George Bello, I think I think Sam Vines is closer to what we need right now. Sure, that's fair. So then in the center, I honestly don't know. Um, I want Miles Robinson, who's yeah. the second one. And then just pick someone out of Pick someone. Don't Donovan worry. Pines, I mean, he's in, He's just a kind of interesting center back prospect. I don't know. He doesn't seem super special to me, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I hope we see him. I, I don't really care about seeing any more Walker Zimmerman. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would be in favor of just seeing new 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 faces James yeah Sands. it's interesting to see Shaq Moore here in defenders too wasn't he was he always a left back or wasn't he a wing? He, he's a right back yeah. he's a right he's, back yeah and and has been for a little while okay um so yeah I, I would love to see Shaq Moore uh get get a little bit more time I'm down with that I would also be okay with with Reggie Cannon yeah I'm I think with that Reggie too. Cannon is yeah. is a legitimate so let, let's team. just go for Sands Robinson Vines and Cannon okay yeah. I'm good with that yeah 
Midfielders. I want Busio at the six. Busio first name on the Busio first name on the team sheet. At the six specifically. Yeah. That's not a given. A lot of people want him to be a 10, an 8, or even some would say a winger. And that, uh, none of the other players winger. I care about, so just yeah. So Busio at the six. Let's see if he can let's see if I'll he go can for do Lejet. a little better than you will. I want Lejet. Um fine with Lejet and Acosta. Sure. Let's do that. Acosta at the eight. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if if there's some I don't know anything about Eric Williamson. If I'm missing something, get at us get at yeah, us on Twitter. It's just fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't see the big So we'll do Acosta Lejet Busio. Beautiful. Up front. Uh Daryl DK, of course. Nine. Done. Nine. Um, and then let's go Nips and Lewis. Yeah, Nips and Lewis works. I'm also kind of interested in whether Hoppy would work well as a support striker playing more out wide. I don't he, think he would. You you think he's he's too poachery? I do. Yeah. yeah. So that would be a competition then with him and DK. I could see him and DK working really well together, though. Yeah, Just, but that's a change of system. Change of system, yeah. That's true. They are not, not for. Yeah. Uh, they they could I could see that too. Math a big six light six uh big nine big nine light nine. What's the number for the for oh the second gosh. striker? There's oh my god! Is it eleven or I don't know? But um yeah, that would be a beautiful beautiful friendship beautiful friendship pairing. Yeah. Oh god! Matthew Hoppy has sauce. Matthew he's, Hoppy he's, has some he's sauce. He's a baller kid. He has some sauce. He has some sauce. I'm you know verdicts out on Matthew Hoppy. We'll see what the deal is well, with him. One thing that I just like is like he's he's very boisterous on social. And he's very overt about, like, I'm going to play in the World Cup. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I like that in a kid. Yeah. Um, at one point, it was uh, uh, the kid, Mukwele Akale. Do you remember him? He played for Villarreal as a <laughs> no. youth team player. His, his Twitter bio said, my goal is to make soccer the biggest sport in the United States. Ugh. Which, I mean, mine too. I appreciate it. Yeah, mine too, Mukwele. Same, dog. Yeah, get, it, get in here. So unfortunately, not working out so well for him. Uh, it talent wise but maybe maybe he'll achieve that in other ways maybe well, he, can come, he can come on here yeah we're looking for a host for the wnt show yeah <laughs> uh, i thought you were replacing know. me <laughs> no 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 i'm replacing myself <laughs> I'm, I'm not cutting it in there that's actually true folks if you know someone a female voice preferably or trans voice who loves the women's national team, I should, I should start saying this in housekeeping, who loves the women's national team, who is comfortable uh, being recorded, comfortable on camera, comfortable on mic, and is somewhat funny, you know, we want you. We, 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 there, is, uh, there is not a lot of money involved, <laughs> you can let people know. Millions of Jurgen Millions bucks. of Jurgen Bucks. Yeah. Uh, but we are, we are looking for someone who's, who's down to, to, to get this sister pod going. So let us know if you know anyone. Okay, so that's our eleven. Let's. I. I kind of. Is there anything else you want to say about the 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 teams we're gonna play in the group stage or kind of like stuff like that? Because I. I kind of want to set this to the side and and look think about other things. First. Yeah. So well, why don't I just run through like the way the Gold Cup usually works? Yeah. So it's our regional championship, as we said, but because we are a second rate federation that acts like a second rate federation, there is no competition necessarily to host the Gold Cup. So it's almost always hosted in the U.S. because the U.S. has the infrastructure and the U.S. has fans, has, has immigrants from virtually every nation on Earth. And so it's a great place to host this tournament because the, the different communities of immigrants will go to the matches. Mm -hmm. So if you host it in, in Honduras or something, there's not a lot of Canadians in Honduras. Sure. So, um, so that, that, that's why the U.S. is kind of traditionally where it's located. It's been in uh, Mexico once or twice as well. 
but basically defaults to being here. Uh, and that's bullshit because that means that all of our performances are tainted by the fact that it's at home, which makes it easier, which means that when we go on the road and qualifying, there's this excuse that we haven't had enough experience on the road. So, you know, it's a lot of like orange slices kind of. Situations. Yeah. Are you guys seeing the patterns here? Yeah. So, um, but the, the gold cup is typically, uh, 12 teams and they usually do like the, some, you know, mathematical thing to figure out who gets into the, or it's, it, I think it's even been eight teams in the past. Or ten, so you know they've they've kind of worked it out uh, situation by situation. But now it's at sixteen, uh-huh. and the sixteen means that there's a number of like weaker qualifiers, and it also means that there are, are invited teams potentially. And so this time we have an invited team in Qatar, which is super interesting. So you have a bunch of uh, you know Caribbean nations and Central American nations, and us and Canada, and then you have Qatar, which <laughs> makes absolutely zero sense. But the deal with them is that they are hosting, obviously, the next World Cup, uh, which means that they don't have to qualify for that World Cup, so they don't have domestic competitive matches to play within Asia. So instead, they're playing, they've played Copa America, uh, they, I don't know what other, they've, they've sort of supplemented their schedule with being guests in other international tournaments. So this is part of their World Cup preparation. And they're actually pretty damn good. They they won the Asia Cup in 2019, and uh, beating you know your 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 traditional powers, yeah. including Japan, in the final. So uh, they're a legitimate World Cup team, and I would expect them to do well in the Gold Cup. It's interesting, so right? It's, when you mentioned that, I was I was like, wow, that's that's a that's a that's a serious curveball to invite a good team that could go pretty far. Exactly. In this, exactly. could you imagine yeah. if Qatar won the gold? If they cup? took it down, yeah. Usually, the invited teams kind of lay down if they make it far. Like Mexico has made it to Copa America finals and stuff, and kind of didn't go super hard to win it. What? So it's kind of like bad form. What? Not, not, I'm not. Fuck out of here with that. That's bullshit. Don't invite me to a tournament. I think it's probably also. Expect me to lay down in the final. It's probably also there's a lot of like influences in the way of Uh, of Mexico winning the Copa America. But okay. But anyway, yes, these invited teams, they're, they're, they're not really supposed to win. People probably did pretty well on that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Totally. They're not really um, supposed to win, but I would I would love it if the U.S. played Qatar in a semi or something. That'd be that'd great. That'd be incredible. A team we've so, never seen. Yeah, exactly. No, no impression of and no no history and no hopefully like very little excuses, you know. Um, so so it's it's your average tournament format. You've got 16 teams going down to a quarterfinal stage and then a semifinal and a final. And it, it's going to run over the course of about a month uh, or a little less than a month. So it'll go from the uh, early... July, right now, it'll go until August 1st, I believe, is the final. And this is where maybe your these excuses find some legitimacy to me, because August 1st is really close to the start of the European season. Yeah. Like most, most of the Premier League teams will start by, like, August 10th, you know. So if you're playing, if you're potentially going to go to a final in the uh, Gold Cup, you are going to be arriving pretty late, and you might miss your first couple of club games. Um, and I'm sure the reasoning for that is it's probably some CONCACAF bullshit with money and broadcast rights and trying to avoid the the other tournaments that are on and things like that. Uh, so, and I, I don't think the Federation has very much control over that at all, so I can't fault them for that. But I really wish it was, it, it had turned out differently where we were able to have, you know, just like a pure competition where 
everyone brings their best fucking players. Like, what what happened? It's not that How did this happen, you know? It's not that complicated. Yeah. It's it's not, should, I, I don't want it to be this complicated. How did we get to, to a point? Similar. How did we get to a point in world football? Okay, I'm going to say football. Because that's what we're talking about. Fuchibao. In which we have players who are playing too many games in a year. The modern tragedy of football is that Messi mm-hmm. has never won, will, ne- will never win a World Cup because he plays too many games. Okay, that's not that's a different conversation. Don't at me, bro. But what I'm saying is these world footballers, they play in too many games. And yet we have games that we are scheduling in addition and then not inviting them to. Yeah, there's so many games. Is well, there just too much? Is it, it's, it, it's a content thing. They're just trying to crank out that content. They're, yeah, they're trying to crank out that content. And the U.S., it's interesting because like in other countries, I think there would be a lot more pressure on the Federation to bring in a Pulisic to make the TV ratings work because the, the, the you know, giant media partners would be really pissed hmm. if the stars weren't involved, right? But there's this sort of like cozy kind of apple orange slices oh five with the, with the uh, so, broadcasters that totally there's not enough there's not that same amount of public pressure you know the, totally the fact that they're even playing the copa america is purely due to tv money there's no practical reason why they would be doing this it where these countries are at like two percent vaccinated covid is spreading like wildfire and they're playing this giant <laughs> international tournament it makes zero sense it's purely for for money it's for money yeah. um speaking of the cozy thing i just had this this just flashed into my mind. Bruce Arena did an interview either with the Extra Time podcast or the Gra- Football oh, with God. Grant Wall. I can't oh, remember God. which, so check them both out. They're both great podcasts. Who's that again? Really, <laughs> really recently, Bruce Arena, the man you you know him, you love him, you who was the head him. of the national team when we did not when we failed to qualify. Okay, that man. Oh God, dear um, God. Expressed publicly how glad he is. Oh God, that in go. Boston, New England Revolution, uh, no one cares about soccer. Because otherwise he would be under the gun every day. This is an interview from like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Bruce Arena said, I'm so glad that no one cares about soccer in Boston. Can you believe that shit? That's disgusting. That's but that's what you're talking about. It's it's real. It's real. These the the people at the very top are like, I'm really glad we don't have more pressure. Which is fucking ridiculous. You're in a career that's about winning. What are you doing? Absolutely, yeah. So, Bruce Arena, let me be the first to tell you, I don't know what the fuck is going on in Boston, but we care about soccer here, and you fucked up, dog. Okay? (laughs) If you didn't realize that, that. you fucked up, dog. That was messed up. I'm glad it's going well for you with the Revs. Damn. Jesus, man. That's pathetic. Jesus. Well, and I mean, there is this... What do you... Do you think that there is a difference in the perception of the generations? Like, do you think that these MLS players feel that way? Like, you know, does George Bellow, is George Bellow glad that there isn't more Absolutely not in Atlanta? Absolutely not. Performances? From everything I've heard from the interviews of that generation of players, they all want more They're pressure. Like, yeah, give it to me. Yeah. They want more yeah. pressure. Yeah. They want more games. Yeah. And I would even argue that someone like Jesse Marsh would never say something like that. He, he says things like, I'm really glad that I'm being challenged. Right. I know German now. Right. right. I'm a better right. human being because of this. Right. You know, right. I want to be in the toughest league possible. Right. That's the kind of thing Jesse Marsh says. So it's not everyone who, you know, just, but what you're talking about, this is not a perceived, like, 
when we watch the gold cup or with those Olympic qualifiers that we crashed out of and we get this sensation, like, I feel like they don't, they, they weren't trying or they didn't care that much. That's not just a feeling. There's a reality behind that of some kind that is complex and important to understand, but it's real. Okay. I agree. I agree. Well, I, I think there is a, yeah, there's a generational shift occurring and it makes sense that there would be differing mentalities. It reminds me a lot of like cronyist politics where there's a status quo that the establishment is satisfied with and they know that it's not ideal and that's okay because they're comfortable with their little slice of whatever unideal solution they have access to. So I think for Bruce Arena, it's like perfectly fine that for him to be like the big fish in a small pond, for him to be the, the, the top dog US American coach and for him to, uh, you know, for, for his teams to be a plucky underdog where it's a great success if we make the quarterfinals. Yeah. So I think for his like worldview, it's challenging that the U.S. might be in a place where we have to be more successful than that. And there's public pressure on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's of a different era. But that's what we're trying to bring about. And that's I think what you're, that's I, I agree right with you. I think, I think certainly with the guys who are in Europe, like Pulisic going to Chelsea, that's a fishbowl. That's yeah. tough. You know, and not that Chelsea is like the worst of those situations, but like Dest at Barcelona, that is tough. You're going to get yeah. shit on in the street if you don't perform. You know, if you if you play for Barcelona and you let the side down, you're letting a giant city that really, really cares about their soccer down. So I think that's the, the current generation seems much, much more willing to embrace those kind of pressure spots, which is exactly what you need to do to get to the top level. No, no yeah. pressure, no diamonds. No pressure, no diamonds, dog. Um, anything else here on the Gold Cup or really anything else in the world? I think we're pretty close to having wrapped this conversation, but what, what's going on? In, yeah, in, I, well, going into about? this conversation, I got to tell you, I, as I said, it was it's hard to get it off for this situation. Yeah. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of, you know... There's, there's well, some, we're some, warming there's up to it. We're, we're getting I'm feeling like, you, you know, know what happens though, but George yeah, Bello, I'll, I'll be, I'll I'm be hyped. hyped. I'll Absolutely. Be hyped. If I can see some Busio, it's a great, it's a great summer. The, the it, it happens every time, right? We've lived, we have lived many, we just recently experienced a very rare for a very historically rare moment in which it was like fun and exciting to watch a good U.S. team. Okay. This, what the, this roster that we're looking at, that's what we're used to. And we know how this works. You know, we, we complain about it for two, three weeks. We stress <laughs> about it. We get mad about it. And then they suit up and that anthem they comes on. Fucking suit up. And, and, I, and I am cheering for it's Jackson Ewell as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. I'm it happens you. every time. Mm -hmm. I get hype every time. Um, and I know you guys will too. Yep. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm much more in than when we started this episode. Great. So I hope I hope that's coming across the to the listening public. Uh, but I I'm I'm you know I like you said anytime I I watch the Nats uh, something just happens to my body. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it, it's it, wild. It, it it moves me like a like a Southern Baptist. Uh, There's thing. Getting, okay. the, getting the spirit. You so know? let's do like a weird version of hopes. Maybe this will be a new segment. It's it's hypothetical uh, storylines, something along those lines. Like. Let's each do one. So, uh, and I'll provide an example. So, one hypothetical storyline that would be awesome from the Gold Cup is if Matthew Hoppy comes in here and totally, this is, you know, and is totally not because DK is plays poorly, DK plays to his level and Matthew Hoppy 
is golden is even better. He just yeah. crushes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize that this is the guy. Yeah. That's a yeah. hypothetical storyline that would be really exciting. What's yeah, what's one that you think I'd would be, be, could, be really like, pumped could be cool. That. Could happen and would be awesome. I would love to see uh Captain Gianluca Busio at some point. I would I would like to see him express a uh sort of un what's the term like a, a non-obvious level of leadership over a, a, a group of older players. Oof, that's beautiful. I love it. Fucking love that, dude. Um, all right, let's let's see. I saw I saw I saw Christian Pulisic in the stands with some square sunglasses and a date at, oh, a, nice. at a, the the, the uh, Miami Derby. Oh, nice, nice, totally Pul awesome. Pulisic also was, I guess, in Florida, uh, and he he was filmed on a fishing boat. Uh, sitting on the side of the fishing boat uh, above like a giant marlin um, juggling a ball and then wow. he fell in wow F Beautiful. 50 million pounds worth of footballer fell into the ocean and had to be retrieved wow yeah wow that's beautiful uh dust dust's instagram is off the fucking chain <laughs> he's like he's got videos of him drifting in a spider and shit like that nice sanity nice. Uh, Eunice Musa had a vacation in New York City and posted some some good gram. Oh hell yeah! Did some good gramming. Okay, all right. I think he he. I must have missed the call or something. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. No, he no. I, I, it's weird. It's weird. He must have. There must, there's probably an explanation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. He told me he would be here like in August, but he came in. Yeah, July and it's weird too because me. I saw him yeah. with Tim Weah, and right. I'm always hanging out with Tim Weah. I don't right. know why Tim didn't mention that. Right. That's weird. <laughs> None yeah. of this is true. We're joking. Yeah. Um, do you have any idea what Tim Weah is doing <laughs> for his vacation? Like, it's like oh i was hanging out with tim and and i heard tim's phone buzz and it was eunice and eunice wanted to hang out but he didn't text both of us you know <laughs> it was really weird eunice eunice you his name sounds just like eunice which is an international school uh in new york which City, he very well could have which is to. perfect it's just beautiful <laughs> the man um, with 10 nationalities yeah. <laughs> uh, he's right. so new york by the way he's incredibly he's future, new york future red yeah, bulls he's, captain he's totally yeah, he's a very New York guy. We were talking about this. What's the New York style of soccer? If you guys know, tell us that. I I think Tim Way is the closest I see to embodying what New York soccer is like, but I'm not really sure. Um, I really like I really like uh, rentals. I think it comes oh, rentals. I love so, renting things. Renting things. Wow, what a great what a great option. All the pleasure without the burden. Yeah, no burden. So much cheaper. Yeah. So you can try things like. Sure. Spiders. Spiders, absolutely. You could do that. You could even rent, like, an animal spider. You could rent a spider. Yeah. You could um, put it in the passenger seat of the spider. Yeah, I like I like layaway payment plans as well. These are another <laughs> thing that I like. You, so you basically like ways... financial illiteracy. That's what, you, that's what you're advocating for. And I, and I love <laughs> compound interest. But I don't love any of that when shit. When it's working against me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it in concept, but I am losing this game. Uh, but I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the Nats. Let's go, boys. Let's, Let's go, boys. Nats. Get out there. Time. Get out there. Gloves Do the it thing. all. Do the thing. Go play soccer. Copa Oro. It's We the People. It's We the People. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. Uh, we got a couple... We're done with the podcast recording. That was the end of the podcast recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you 
you all are still here if you have us in another tab or something. Uh, but H. Huss asked, can the current U.S. team challenge the likes of England and France? Your, your take. They can challenge the likes of England and France. Yes. At, at a neutral site. So we were going, we're playing in, um, we're playing in Beijing. We're playing England. How many times out of 10 does the U.S. win? Uh, one. England? One or two. One or two? Yeah. And then maybe like one or two draws? Yeah. Okay. All right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Same, same for France. So it's yeah. seven England wins. Seven England wins. Yeah. That and sense. one and, and, and a couple of those England wins, total blowouts. <laughs> a disaster. <laughs> Real bad. Really Real bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. So yeah, we're in a career changing situation for some people. I would say, so if, for people who are watching the Euros right now, yeah, yeah, I would totally. say the US is very close to the level of Denmark. Very similar, you know, we have players playing at similar clubs. I think our we have more talent in the pool, but the the ages, you know, so like Thomas Delaney is less talented than Gio Reyna, but Thomas Delaney has a similar level of effect on the game right now mm -hmm. as Gio Reyna does, just to pick an easy comparison between the two. So I, I would say whatever you're seeing Denmark do in the Euros, that's kind of where we would be at, roughly. I don't, I think moment. that's pretty far from where we're at today. I think that you think we're not there yet. I don't okay. think we're there yet. I think we're closer to like a Wales. Wow, you, you, you. I think you're underestimating the the skill of this team today. Today, yeah, today. Okay. Just given the amount of those players who play alongside our players, but there's a, but it's not just a player like conversation. It's not who has the best players because the it's, team. It true. matters that's that true. Denmark matters. has been playing a certain way for sure. generations. That's true. That's and, true. And we don't have that. We don't. We have no winning pedigree at all. That's true. That's true. Um, and we have very little experience playing those teams. Substantially worse coaching. Substantially worse coaching. A lot of so. <laughs> so, anyways, but to to your point, could yeah. we challenge England or totally. France? It's yes, interesting. Absolutely. But yeah. I'm. You're aware that France is a is a. Those two teams are at different levels, right? Those are not. Well, what do you? Th I mean, what. Who are you saying is on top? Yeah, saying, I guess that's. Yeah. yeah, I guess maybe it's not as close as I thought it's, it was. I think, are, I think it's not it's, as different. I would have. I, I would have yeah, put yeah. France far ahead of England too, before, before this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's. Uh, so and then uh, Karume asked how far this U.S. team can go in the Gold Cup. What's your? I somehow forgot to ask this during the pod. Thank you, Swabby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't think it's gonna go well. I think we'll I think we'll probably go out in the in the semifinals. Yeah, to someone I, that's good. what I would expect as well. I think yeah. we'll lose to Canada in the group stage, get through, and then lose to someone good in the in the semifinal. All right, I th I think that's a reasonable definition of par. So yeah. if I, if the U.S. makes the final, that would be uh, above par. And if we win the tournament, I'd be shocked. If the if this be team shocked. is able to be, I would be uh, floored. Yeah, I would be floored, and yeah. that would be a pretty. That's a wonderful story. The difference between our A team and England's A team is similar to the distance between this team and Mexico's A team. Like it's it's kind of the one out of ten level where this 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 squad could nick a win off of an A team Mexico, but it would have to get really lucky. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, Bruce Arena talks too much. Very true. And uh, didn't didn't make the 2018 World Cup because of this bullshit mentality. And yes, more pressure pushes you to get better. So thank you all for joining us on YouTube. This was a special yeah. high YouTube uh, post-record period. Yeah. This, this will is... live on the internet forever. 